after I take the bar in August. I'm looking forward to joining a firm in Fresno, California, where I will be doing essentially doing litigation and using all of those tools and things that I learned in law school and putting them to good use. This is the Happen to Your Career podcast with Scott Anthony Barlow. We help you stop doing work that doesn't fit you, figure out what does, and make it happen. We help you define the work that's unapologetically you, and then go get it. If you're ready to make a change, keep listening. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. Having a support network is so important to making a successful career change because career change is really difficult, right? Okay, there's bad days, there's setbacks, and you need people in your life that you can talk to who you know will help keep you going. All right, I think we can all say that's a pretty straightforward idea. But what do you do when the people who should be your support network are trying to help you by telling you not to change careers? What do you do when the people you depend on to be your friends and loved ones and support through your life's challenges are holding you back? I had to say, look, you're my friend. You're my loved one. I love you dearly. And I want your, and your support means so much to me. I need to make, I need to give this a try. And if it doesn't work out, I'll be okay. Things will be okay. I need, I just need for you to trust in me, in my skills, that things will be okay. That's Rebecca Maddox. She worked in politics in Washington, D.C. before deciding she needed a change, and she eventually became a lawyer with a totally different organization in California that actually fit what she was looking for out of her career. And as you can hear, not everyone close to her necessarily understood why she needed to make a change. I want you to listen later on in this episode because Rebecca articulates a pretty great constructive way to talk to your friends, talk to your loved ones about career change, even if they're not being supportive. I decided to go to law school back, I think it was my junior year of college. No one else in my family had gone to law school. And before yeah. all of this, I had actually been thinking, oh, I want to go to med school. And then I took calculus and chemistry at the same time, freshman year. And there's nothing quite like that to like really make you reconsider your priorities in life. It's like, hmm, I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know if this is right for me. That totally cracks me up. But I'm curious why you, why you say that for... People that may have not been through that particular experience. I know quite a few actually, but uh, sure. if, if they haven't been, what, why do you say that? Well, I came in thinking I was a math and science person coming into college. And then after taking chemistry and calculus, it, I mean, these are pressure cooker kinds of classes because they're meant to oh, yeah. feed out all the weaklings. And then <laughs> I say weaklings with quotation marks too. They're supposed to weed out the people who are just maybe are waffling and they're trying to just bring out the people who are completely and totally dedicated. Yeah. And I remember getting back a grade on one of those tests and it was, I think a 50 something average and there was no curve. I thought this is insane. The, pat the like average on this test is failing. I don't know what I'm doing. So I reconsidered everything. I went on a longer journey with taking environmental science courses, learning more about environmental policy, going into women and gender classes and policy. I took a class, I think, on feminist jurisprudence. And that opened my eyes to the idea of, huh, I find this fascinating. What if the law is actually something I want to do? And I remember telling my parents, I wanted to go to law school. And they said, really? <laughs> what? Really? <laughs> really? Sure. Are you sure? And I took the LSAT. Um, I did an internship with a community group where attorney was representing the community community group in front of a zoning commission. And I thought, this is just yeah. incredible. So I ended up going to law school because I liked the idea of how you could use advocacy and arguments to like build a foundation to achieve something for someone. Because I think ultimately at the end of the day, I I wanted to help people. And that's what moved me towards law school. I ended up going to law school at the University of Maryland. And, yeah. and after I went to school there, I realized I've never been involved in politics. I guess fast forwarding, I 
realized, you know, I've had experience in undergrad with some environmental sort of organizing stuff back in the day. I now have experience in the law, but I've never looked at politics, which feels like another factor in something that's close to me now that I'm in Maryland and DC is not very far away. Oh no. What if, like, I don't have kids. I don't have a house. What if that's something worth trying? I love that you're asked you at that point in time asked the, well, what if it is something worth trying? That is, <laughs> that is, that's super interesting and super cool. Yeah. It's, I decided to kind of start, just go start talk, talking to a few people of where do people even start? Where do you even go? What does this mean? And I ended up connecting with an office in DC. And I remember at the time I ended up working, working there because it was 2013 recession was still hitting hard for lawyers. And I said, you know, yeah. um, <laughs> I think it was because of all of that I've gotten, like people have told me that I'm scrappy. You just kind of go and you see what's out there and you kind of put your neck out there and see what you can get. That's why that part of my life led from the law into politics. And then I did that for a couple of years. That's interesting. So before you did that, it sounds like you ended up going in and talking to a few different people before you got connected up with that, with that organization. But who were the types of people that you sought out to try and find out, Hey, what, what even is politics? Like, what, <laughs> what does all this mean? Like where, who were those types of people or who were those folks in your life? Oh yeah. That, no, that's a great question because coming from my family, my family is filled, my, my extended family, my immediate family, it's filled with teachers, some doctors, you know, no one <laughs> knew anything much about connecting in with politics. Yeah. And I remember a friend at school was involved more with politics and there was an intern coordinator who handled more political internships for the school. And she said, you should go talk to her. And I said, okay. And I think my, in general, my best the way I found most of my internships or experiences while in school is definitely through teachers. Teachers saying, hey, you're, you should be connecting into externships. Hey, you should be connecting into these things. They kind of acted as mentors to shepherd me through. And getting into politics in general is just, it's a tough game. I mean, everyone, everyone's coming in trying to prove their self-worth and it's a lot of networking and it's a lot of meeting people for coffee and trying to figure out we have a connection to their, to their state, to their political beliefs, to their office, to someone in their office. It kind of helps to strip the green <laughs> as I've, as I've um, phrased it, kind of strips the, the greenness off. To become a little bit quicker uh, off of you very quickly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you become no longer green almost immediately <laughs> as you, right. As you move into that. That's really interesting. I think a lot of people don't realize how much relationship building, networking, etc., is involved in when they think about politics because mm-hmm. ultimately that's, that's kind of the way stuff gets done or accomplished or vice versa, lack of accomplishment in in that in that world and it's as i've gotten to know more people that are involved in politics in one way or another i just naively didn't realize that which is the same way in every other area of life too but mm-hmm. i just i totally for some reason didn't <laughs> didn't click with that until like 7 years ago or so it's an amazingly small world once you start yeah. to get into it uh, i mean there's kind of this catch 22 if you want to go work for Congress, they say, okay, first you need to have experience to go before you go with congressional something and something in politics before you get, before you can be considered. But then you say, well, I need the job to get experience so I can be considered. So that's where the politics comes in is when you're trying to say, okay, here's some kind of connection. Here's some kind of connection we have. Here's something you have to your office. And you realize that the political world is relatively small. Everyone kind of knows people floating around and heck there are even publications that track who's moving where at what time. So it's a very, everyone's very aware of what's going on. Yeah. But I know that because you and I had a conversation, maybe, I don't know, seven, eight months ago or something, which was the first time you and I had, had met um, after you found HTYC. And at that point in time, you 
were less excited, shall I say, mm-hmm. about about being in DC and being involved in the political arena. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, that's fair to say. I would say during my time there, it was, it is really exciting. It is really interesting because you're dealing with some very big issues and everything's dynamic, it's changing all the time. And you work with some very motivated, very intelligent people and some very diplomatic and great people to work with. But at the same time, it's sometimes working at 50,000 feet, you know, feeling like you're kind of hovering above ground. If you start, I think after a while, starting to wonder about my impact and connecting with people and wondering, is this the best use of my skills? And I remember people saying, oh man, but you've got the dream. And <laughs> it kind of raises a red flag if people say you have the dream and you think, yeah, there, there, there's a lot of truth to that, but something feels off right now, at least for what I think I'm looking for. Yeah. And I think in that moment, I started looking for a career coach because when you're in a position, especially that you've worked really hard to get, they've put in a lot of time, a lot of years, and you're thinking, okay, right, this feels right. It feels like I'm I'm gaining experience. I'm gaining some, a little bit of, uh, um, you know, have a good reputation here. I've got something going. It's hard to talk to other people it's hard to know who to talk to, to say, Hey, I'm wondering if there's something else out there for me or to say, Hey, even to your family, to your loved ones say, Hey, I'm not sure if this will be my forever fit, or maybe this is the best fit for me in terms of like my goals or what I'm thinking right now, because everybody has their own bias. Everybody, you know, like your family supported you in getting used to this position. They want to see you happy, but they also are wondering, why would you leave? Why would you do anything? Why would you stay? Why would you stay? And, or why would you ever consider leaving really? So it kind of, it's the dream. It's it's the the dream. dream. (laughs) And granted, there were a lot of opportunities, great opportunities, great people to work with again. um, It's just kind of thinking, okay, so, but for me and my skills and what I'm thinking next for my own personal move, what are my options? How should I be thinking about this? I think having a little bit of an outside perspective there of someone who can call you out maybe when you're not <laughs> taking accountability for everything in your sphere, or maybe someone who can point things out or help you navigate it. I think that's what I was looking for. Interesting. So I'm curious, just diving back for a, for a half a second, because it sounds like you were, you were having fun with, with some areas of it. And as you mm-hmm. got in there was, there was different levels of excitement and things that totally jived with what you were interested in, at least at the time. What really started you down the path of either realizing that it had changed or that you wanted something different? What happened in between there mm-hmm. that that caused you to have a difference of opinion from when, when you went in and when you were, were having fun of it with it initially? I started thinking about, I think I started feeling a little disconnected. Sometimes we would start working on an issue and then something else would become more politically important to be working on or focusing on. So jumping around, you know, you have a lot of loose, there were loose ends. And I thought, okay, am I, what am I accomplishing here? And it, I started feeling a little bit of that disconnect. And then also uh, there's the sort of, there's a thoroughness impact, but also the, the depth of the issue where when you're working on like a higher level on issues, you're trying to, you don't want to dive too deep into the weeds, but you're all in, but you also need to create something. So I became a very versatile generalist <laughs> uh, looking at different issues across the spectrum, but it was diving into I think when you're running on an inch deep mile wide, yeah. you know, some people thrive in that thrive in that environment. They see the bigger forces and they enjoy just kind of, you know, staying a little bit in the substance, but mostly on the bigger forces and political forces and navigating that. But for me, I found that this is all very exciting. I would love to have something where I get to dive deep more into, be more of an expert on, sink my teeth into more. And yeah. I... So I started 
So I started reconsidering my impact and as well as my ultimately, how did I want my my ideal office? How, at least for how I get my rewards out of work, what makes sense? Yeah. It's like having a big policy issue work or is it more of a one-on-one -on -one relationship with a client? Like that kind of work. And I thought, actually, I think it's the client. I just started piece by piece picking things off and sometimes too when you're in that environment you know that something's not working but you're not quite sure what and it sometimes can be hard to hear your voice in that space and i think i was and too on top of all of this um my heart you know my heart in terms of my job was starting to kind of wonder and then also my heart was also somewhere else like my significant other was he was out on the campaign trail and at that point in time, I thought, okay, how are we going to get ourselves in the same place? <laughs> We've been doing long distance for a long time. Yeah. So there was a little bit of that coming in. There was that coming into play as well, where I thought, okay, I need, I'm trying to hold it all together, but something's going to get eventually. Um, what makes sense for me? That's super interesting on a variety of levels. On partially because you began to recognize that being a overall generalist and not getting to go deep was something that you were missing quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, you had uh, some needs and wants life changes. <laughs> and I like, how are we, how are we going to get, how are we going to stop doing this long distance relationship? And uh, so you had a couple of things pulling in different areas in for one super cool that you recognized the need for change. Cause I think a lot of people will just keep going. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I encounter them all the time where people just keep on going <laughs> rather than acting on that, that need or want for change. Uh, it, so kudos to you, first of all. <laughs> I mean, no, thanks. I, I, it's, when you're in the zone, I think, or when you're doing this, especially if you've had a lot of time and energy vested into it, and there are a lot of things, you know, it's not usually black and white. It's not like a voice from yeah. God comes down yeah. unless you just happen to be those lucky up. people, right, that sees the burning yeah. bush. And you're like, oh, yeah, there's the burning bush. Cool, I got my instructions. Let's, let's grow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for me, it was, you know, it's, I don't remember who told me this or where I read this, but it's like the little things you start feeling a little itch Yep. and you say, oh, maybe, maybe, am I crazy? And so you think, yeah, you know, everything else is going on. Uh, let's just keep going with this. Or maybe it's just me. Maybe like I did, I did that for a while where I thought, okay, I need to make sure I'm not handling this correctly. I need to, you know, go running. I need to make sure I'm getting my energy out. I need to make sure I'm um, following up on where I've made mistakes and try not to do those again. I need to be like accountable. I need to, you know, you try to fix all the other things, but there was a moment for me, I think, I don't know. I, I would say for other listeners, if there's a moment where you know, something's really off, whether it's like that moment where you snap at someone, you didn't realize you didn't mean to, and it went way beyond what you normally are. And you think this is not where I'm supposed to be. This is something's wrong. I would say, listen to that. Um, I think my moment was, this was a long time before I made my move out of DC, but at the moment I yeah. went into the dentist's office, they did an x-ray of my molars and the nerves just looked like scrambled eggs. Um, I'm not out of my twenties. And they said, look, you are clenching your teeth so hard at night from stress that you have messed up your nerve endings. And if you keep going like this, you're going to need root canals for all four teeth by the time you're 30. And I just, it kind of made me sit down and say, something's wrong. Something's really wrong. So I, um, Wow. And I kind of try to like, just, you know, keep where just keep swimming, just keep swimming, right. Keep going, keep going. You can do it. Just keep focused. Everyone goes and runs into issues like this. And then eventually something starts to get and say, you know, maybe it doesn't have to, maybe something is off. And I, I think the hard part of that for me was negotiating with my family and friends 
um, not just in the workplace, because I'm trying to be a professional, right? You're trying to dedicate yourself. But then the hard part with family and friends is explaining, hey, I'm going to go work. On, I'm interested in this idea. Um, I would really appreciate your support. I'm, I think it's worth a shot for me to kind of look into. How did you handle some of those conversations? Because I think that's a, that's a real thing for nearly everybody. Even if you've got a fairly supportive family, like if, if you're on that end of the spectrum and have family that understands, it's still like a big gap. And it's like, well, why? Right. <laughs> or the other questions that come up. So I'm curious, how, how did you approach some of those conversations? Right. Um, you know, it, the hard part when you're thinking of making a change in your life is that either I've run into several reactions. People are usually nervous and they want to be helpful. Uh, loved ones in particular want to be helpful, but yeah. they oftentimes don't know how to approach the issue. I've had ranging issues of people saying, well, what? just go do what you love, go do what you love. And I think, well, that's kind of broad. Just, <laughs> was just, the just word. go do it. Just I, start just doing it. Just, you know. <laughs> yeah. Or um, I even once had someone ask me, well, what's the one thing that you need in life? And I had to look back then, honestly, and say, I don't know, food, clothing, shelter? Like, where are we going with this, right? So Water, obviously. <laughs> water. <laughs> Thanks for that piece of information. <laughs> Vote one for water. Water's popular right now. Yeah, we... <laughs> so I would say I walk... So in approaching yeah. that, I think I had to realize that, like, why I was feeling vulnerable in my search or feeling... And think trying to think broadly, I had to realize that other people are feeling a little thrown off kilter because they, too, are wanting good things for you, but also, you know, think of you in a certain way. So having those honest honest and open conversations is really important. And for people who truly didn't understand who were angry, um, which I ran into a fair amount as well. Really? I did. I, we've seen, a, like, as we've worked with different people, we've seen a lot of that happen. Yeah. And it seems like there's a variety of reasons why that can occur, but right. it, it, yeah, it's something that <laughs> I think most people don't expect when they're thinking about going through this. So this is, this is interesting and good that you're bringing it up. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, and I think that was one thing, you know, as I thought about us talking today, that was something that came up for me because I think that was something that threw me off kilter in my job search was just the emotional impact of others yeah. not understanding uh, or being frustrated. And, like, you know, there's validity there. It's, I think, my <laughs> my moment of wisdom was with what um, somebody who's very close to me and who said, I think you're making a mistake. Why are you moving cross country? And I think number one, like they may be mad about certain things. If you're making yourself vulnerable and making other people vulnerable financially. So that is one thing to put on the side back burners. So I, I personally had enough in savings to say, Hey, I've saved up for this moment. I prepare for this moment. I can do this. So there was that. And then the other part, the logical support, wanting them to support me where I was, I think I had to say, look, you're my friend, you're my loved one. I love you dearly. And I want your, and your support means so much to me. I need to make, I need to give this a try. And if it doesn't work out, I'll be okay. Things will be okay. I need, I just need for you to trust in me and my skills that things will be okay at this moment. And then if something else comes up, we'll just troubleshoot it from there. But here's my plan. Here's where we're going. I really would appreciate your support in this. And so that's how I went about it. Um, whether it was the best move, you know, the most comprehensive. Yeah. I'm sure other people have other pointers, but like, I think that's what helped for me. I think that, well, and I think that's a great, what you just verbalized, I think is a great script actually that we have, we've found generally works because when you're explaining why, when you're explaining why you need to make the change and then asking specifically for support and then even explaining that ultimately, look, it's going to be okay because of these reasons, then I think that that helps people move from point A to point Z in terms of how they're looking at it. Because 
what's it kind of interesting to me? I don't know if you found this too, but many times it seems like when you're making big life change, people are looking at it through their lens of understanding and whether or not it would be good for them. Right. Not intentionally. Like they, they have your best interest in mind, especially if there's somebody close to you, like they have absolutely have your best intentions in in mind, but they're looking at it through their, what would be good for them. Right. Accidentally or unintentionally. That's how, how they're, that's how human's minds work for the most part. Right. So yeah, yeah, of course it would, of course, (laughs) of course those big changes wouldn't be, wouldn't be good for they're they're not going to be good for you, Rebecca, because ultimately it's not good for me, and that's the weird, it, weird. I don't know. Have you found that? I have. Yeah, I, I found that, and I found that it's not usually. It's not as much as I like have wanted it to be like a very straightforward, clear cut moment where you can say, "You see, you really just want me to be here in this. You imagine me in this way because you want me to." because of this one thing for you, there's never like just quite one thing. It's like an emotional process that everyone has to go through. And I think if you have, if you're trying to explain this to a lot of people, it is difficult. It's kind of exhausting having to go from conversation to conversation saying, Hey, I know you, this is important for you. And I know you've been supporting me and this is, has been really important for me. And, you know, <laughs> it's hard. So at a certain point you have to kind of, know who your main people are who are you know know who your main support is are um talk to those people first and then know to a certain degree it will percolate through and then know over time things get better people ease off especially if as you move on if it works out and as it has i mean as i've for me as i've left um after i left dc there are little things people have noticed like i'm laughing more and (laughs) (laughs) my hair is blonder because i'm getting outside more and you know little things people have said you know maybe it's not so bad um i think too the idea of like dropping everything or dropping things and moving on to a different opportunity is something that's risky and a lot of yeah. people are risk averse. They're nervous. They wouldn't have necessarily done this for themselves. So that's another, you know, there's several hurdles of how people make their own decisions. In addition to the fact that like, maybe they just wanted you there. Maybe they said, you know what, you have a great career and I've been bragging about you. And maybe I just, I, I just always thought this was who and what you wanted. And I, I, who are you anymore? So there's a little bit of that going on too. And so that there's, um, that's kind of the the untold story along with career change in my experience is the how you know how your support system works and I would recommend a good piece of advice that was given to me that I would recommend to others is know who's supporting you surround yourself with those people check in with those people um, you need support and you, if you need their support to help you accomplish your dream or to move forward or to do anything challenging, uh, whether that's lose five pounds or move across country, just have those people check in with those people every every so often to know that you're supported. That is amazing advice, especially just coming off of this. It's like fresh, it's hot off the press. <laughs> <laughs> Because you're still, for all intents and purposes, kind of like just been through this yep. and just gotten off the train, if you will. So it's even I, I forget, like I'm surrounded by this all the time and, and I've gone through this and I found these same things for myself, too. And I totally making multiple career changes myself did not anticipate that like that emotional toll that you're talking about earlier. And you mentioned where you're just having lots and lots of conversations with people and you're like not just taking the actions, but you're also explaining the actions. And then you're trying to help make it easy for them to support you in, in taking these actions and all the stuff that you just never imagined would, would go along with it. Right. Uh, and I think that's part of the reason why so many people end up staying in the same place too. Cause that's, that's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard and it's risky because what's, you know, what's on the other end of the yellow brick road, right? Like, <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> What if the wizards mean? <laughs> you never know. You if never you take know. that leap of faith, will the brick, you know, if you leap out into the canyon, will the bridge build underneath you? Like, you know, that's 
that's scary. Will the other people be there to support you? I don't know. Um, you, you hope so. And it's, yeah, um, especially I think for me, I made the decision to, for where I was, I, when my job ended, I didn't have anything else lined up. And I think that made other people nervous too. I think at the time I needed a little bit of, um, I was doing this cross country move. So finding a job cross country is hard enough, but like needing the clarity and the time and the space, sometimes that's, um, that is a luxury. That is really nice. I, uh, yeah, not everyone, not everyone gets that. Well, and you have to, in order to be able to do that and in order to be able to earn the right to do that in a way that can be healthy, mm-hmm. like there's a few prerequisites you have to have there. Cause I've done the same thing and I got the same reactions as I was going through it from all kinds of people. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're like, really? Like you just, you're just not working. Like, <laughs> yeah. And at, at that point and you in left. time, yeah. like again, having that cushion, I think is, was like, that financial cushion was a way it was almost like my first line of defense to say, you know what? We're fine. I think we're going to work this out. I'm working diligently on this. Everything is paid. Everything is good. Yeah. So what's going on? Yeah. We had, um, I would also say during that time, because people are, are nervous and they project that nervousness onto you. And in addition to your own like insecurities or, you know, trying to deal with, Oh my gosh, where is this am I, am I able to do this? Did I make the right decision? Oh my goodness. Ah. Ah. Yeah. I would definitely, you know, the negative voices come and something I also, that was helpful for me during the coaching experience was, and something I learned along the way was that it's also very important to give yourself some grace, show yourself some grace. And I would totally recommend Elizabeth Gilbert. Love her. Love her. She has her book, Big Magic. And listening to that was actually very helpful. This idea that you have this creative muscle and you have to give a little space to breathe. And maybe during this process, finding your, I felt a great deal of pressure to find the job. Coming from this job that I was at and then moving into another job, I felt a great deal of pressure to find something that was justified as like, the bigger, better thing, right? It's, um, there's this idea of like, where's the job, the one, where's this, are you moving up in the world? And we just told all these people that you're going to, (laughs) you're going to make this big change. (laughs) Now you gotta, you gotta own up, right? Now you gotta own up and people are depending on you. And how's the job search going? How's it going? Have you found anything? Oh, we, uh, yeah. And I finding, I think in that, uh, I learned, a, I took a note. I very much believe in like cross pollinating ideas. And I, when Elizabeth Gilbert was talking about her, about how like, don't about artists who put so much pressure on themselves to try to create their whole career off of their art, that it kills their creative muscle. I, that resonated with me so deeply. I thought, oh my gosh, I feel the same, such similar pressure with finding the job. It's a move, like finding this, where's your career trajectory going? Like finding, proving success. I thought this is, this is about finding what is my best fit for my skills. This is about finding the next best step in my career for me to be successful where I will where the average person might put in a hundred percent and get a hundred percent back, but maybe where I put in a hundred percent and I get a hundred and fifty to two hundred percent back because I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do. And I thought that's what that's what I'm looking for here. I so hearing that advice kind of to ease off a little bit and realize, okay, if I have to go find another job to be a bridge for the moment, that's fine. I can do that. What's most important is I focus on finding this the next best step for me. Um, and coming into a new place, uh, there was, there's a lot, especially I'm making a transition into like, say a new market. Like I did, there's a lot of networking, a lot of meeting with people, trying to understand how they would look at your resume, understanding like what it would take to break through, um, that sort of thing is, so it does take some time and yeah, so I would 
definitely recommend I'm, Elizabeth Gilbert to anyone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I, I have had um, several people recommend that same book in particular. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably about, I don't know, 10 or 15 times or so. And, um, I, I'm curious for, as you went through this, as you went through this process and as you were, you called it trying to find the next, trying to find the next best step for you Mm -hmm. or something close to that. Mm -hmm. What? How did how did you end up working with Lisa, and what were the one or two biggest things that you ended up took taking taking? I'm making up words now. Wait, what's the one or two things that you took <laughs> taking away? <laughs> that uh, what did you end up take, uh, taking away from your interactions with Lisa about your next best thing? Because it's certainly not everybody's, right? It's right, right. it's individualized. Yeah. Um, I, you know, working with Lisa, um, Lisa's great. Love working with Lisa. Uh, and by the way, Lisa, we're talking about Lisa Lewis for context here. You can hear her story at happened to dot com slash one forty seven uh on episode one forty seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was and she was great. Um and I think something so I just started decided to start working with Lisa because having as I was diving into the boot camp on happened to your career and I was really trying to think broadly, I had this moment of thinking, okay, should I even, should I be a lawyer? What should I do? I just went, took the kind of what color is your parachute approach found happened to your career, really started trying to dig deep and like lay a foundation. And I started working with Lisa when I got to a point of saying, okay, I'm pulling some of these things out, but it's, uh, like it's some of my strengths, some of my interests, but it's murky. I'm not sure how to move forward for this. And I think not knowing where you want to go, like, again, some people hear the burning bush or see the burning bush. Some people don't. I did not. <laughs> and I was wondering, if I'm not quite sure how to what I'm looking for. How do I move forward? How do I develop this? How do I really... I was hoping to get that burning bush moment and I did. And I thought, Oh gosh, I don't know what I'm doing. So that, that's when I started, I think feeling stuck. How do I move forward with this? That's when I called happened to your career. That's when I decided it's time to reach out to a coach who can, who's impartial, who isn't like my family. Cause they don't have a vested interest in me being in one place or another. Cause they love me, but you know, this makes them nervous. And it's not like <laughs> other people on my network who, too might see me in a particular way and then say, Oh, but don't you want to do X, Y, and Z? And then also some people are just so outside of the job search game that they just haven't, you know, this is all, they have general advice, but it may not be what you need. So it was helpful working with her because she helped me think about structuring how to structure talking with people about what I'm looking for. How, what are the next steps to move forward? And two, there are moments when I was avoiding an issue in my career search that she would, she even called me out, which was great. She can call me out and say, why do you think you're avoiding this? What are you protecting on yourself by avoiding this issue that you're not just avoiding it because you're lazy or something. That's my, my, it's my phrasing. She never said that. Um, but what are you trying to protect in yourself that you feel vulnerable about, which was a way that like no one had ever proposed to me before. And I thought, wow, actually, that's a really good point. I remember I had this breakthrough moment journaling about it. And I think too, in addition, it was helpful to have Lisa through the interviewing process, because in addition to the pragmatic, like, oh, someone responded like this, how should I respond? How should I deal with some of the, you know, the basic baseline things? There was also this question of, I I think my inherent bias, having gone through trying to find a job in DC as a lawyer in 2013, where there were tons of lawyers and people kept saying like, where, you know, you felt generally kind of disposable. Um, And at that point in time and having to scrape by for a job, I had an inherent um, tendency 
to try to form myself into the person I thought that they were looking for, for these interviews, rather than presenting, here's where I am, here's what I'm looking for. I'm, I would love to work with you in the future if the, like, if this opportunity works. Like I very much had this bias to try to get the job, right? Like do whatever it takes to get the job. When in reality, just getting the job can lead to a mismatch and a miscommunication expectations and assumptions between you and the employer. So the employer doesn't get what they want. You don't get what you want. There's like this, you know, there's this desperation in there. And even though I, which came through, even though I have money and or had money at the time to cover my bills, my baseline bills at that moment, but I was still just, I, that was just my inclination. And working with Lisa was helpful to strip down extraneous and get back to being more authentic without without trying to preclude the opportunity, but just to be honest and say, hey, well, here's where I'm coming from. What do you think you're looking for? Which really changed the interview process for me. Um, That's a huge mindset switch. That is a massive mindset switch. Huge. And it felt really bizarre at first because I thought, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm naked in the room. You know, just something out there. Because... You it just, feels absurd at first. <laughs> it really does. I think Lisa was calling it radical authenticity in the moment. Yep. Um, and it was, it feels really bizarre because you're trying, you're realizing like there was this one interview in particular that I thought, I, I know it once I say this stuff, this thing's done. Like I know, cause I thought, you know, I'm interested in a job, but I don't know for how long I would be interested given like what this position is. I don't think I'd want to stay too terribly long. Yeah. Because I would outgrow it pretty quickly. And they, I think, have the same concern. And I thought, oh, but this would be like my foot in the door, at least get in the office. But there are just so few opportunities. And I was like, oh, I'm not sure. And so talking to Lisa about it, it was, I practiced it and then went into the interview and then actually said, I would, we practiced a line to get ready for it. And once I gave my line of, you know, I'll be ready. I think I would be interested in growing from this experience and to other opportunities in the office. What do you think you're looking for? Or could you tell me what you're looking for exactly? It's like, it's centering. It centers where your position of power is. And it feels, and when I walked out of that office, I knew I'm not going to get a call back from this. But I still felt okay with that which is not the way I would have felt before. Yeah. I felt like before if I had gone in and not conformed or not conformed, but like you know, if I hadn't tried to like meet what they're looking for to try to get the job, I would have felt like I was letting myself down because I wasn't keeping my options open. But then, then again, like on this interview, I thought I'm being, I'm being honest. They deserve to find someone that they think is their best fit. I deserve to have, have a job that works for me. I feel so much more comfortable with this. So it was kind of a different shift in narrative that I think ended up paying off for a different interview. It's, it's so interesting and almost sadly not intuitive for people. Just like you, you'd said earlier, it feels, it feels odd or it feels awkward uh, to be radically authentic and to (laughs) be a bit vulnerable it's it's not the norm and it is a bit scary and i would say nearly 100% of the time it creates a better result mm-hmm. but it is but it is i mean it is super scary in some cases and i mean i, I don't think i really believe that until i remember one uh one interview actually that i went into and uh got there and thought i was interviewing for one position and they started talking to me about another and I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, oh, hold on. I, I'm really sorry, but I'm actually here because I'm really interested in this. And the guy told me back and he's like, you know what? We actually, we don't hire people for that position. We don't hire people for HR managers unless they have previous experience and they've been in you know, some type of role for five years or whatever. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry. I, I don't have that, but I'm really, really interested. And he's like, well, why, 
why are you here then? And then so we started talking and it opened up this dialogue and it was scary as all get out. I remember in that moment just before thinking, oh crap, having those same thoughts. Should I just get my foot in the door? Like, oh, I don't know. And then, <laughs> but it, they ended up offering me the position that I really actually wanted at like a $20,000 increase compared to what I would have gotten and, uh, and everything else from it. But I've seen that literally hundreds of times again and again and again at that same type of thing that you're describing, mm-hmm. but it, but it's hard. So I, I am here. Here's my question for you. Looking at, looking back at all of this at this point, and you got the opportunity to work, work with Lisa. Not, not everybody gets to work with Lisa or not everybody gets to work with our coaches and everything like that. But what advice would you give people as they're thinking about making this change, maybe they're back mm-hmm. in, maybe they're back in the place where they're feeling that little itch and they're starting to have some of those moments where, I don't know, they snap at somebody and, and realize that their work is impacting their life in ways that they didn't anticipate. Right. What advice would you give them if they're kind of on the, on the beginning portion of that journey? Right. Um, if they're on the beginning portion, I say you owe it to yourself just to, give it some time, give it, see what you think, see what, like go try something, um, go look into like, see what your options are, or even go talk to somebody who reach out to someone, talk to friends, say, Hey, you know, he does this sort of thing. I think it's interesting. And maybe meet up for coffee because a five minute conversation or even 15 minute conversation because people are busy, right? Like if it lasts for an hour, great. If it lasts for five minutes, great. Um, saying, hi, I think what you do is amazing. I'm trying to figure out what it, what it means to do your, I'm really curious what it means to be do your job. Um, I would say it's worth it. It's no pressure. That's how, and if it works out, that's how most people find their jobs anyways. Um, it's, and if you're in that moment and thinking, okay, there's nothing, geez, I'm so entrenched in where I am. Like moving is really just, um, moving to a different opportunity is <laughs> kind of a joke. <laughs> I would say maybe you're right. You're pro- you, there's a chance that you're a good chance that you're probably wrong unless you're in an extremely niche field because skills always skills are transferable. And if you're in that moment where you're realizing this is something that's really hitting me hard and hitting, like impacting those around me, right? Like it's when it, it goes beyond just you and it starts impacting those around you. Like you may be having that impact on those around you. It's worth, it's worth say trying the boot camp. Um, stuff, maybe doing a strength finders analysis, doing something to just get a different perspective, take a breather, um, and realize that (laughs) if there are those people in your life who say you get your job and you stick to it, and that's the one thing that you do, um, because I haven't gotten that advice as well, you, that's not the world we live in. It's more a game of rather than like plant your roots and see how deep they go. It feels a little bit more like a game of shoots and ladders. So it's just a matter of where you, I love that where you can, where you shift. Um, and ultimately like if people are telling you, you've got the dream, um, but it's something doesn't feel right. That's fine. That's fine. Trust that. And if people are angry, they'll come around. Especially if you're like, you know, that is wrong. You're going to make yourself happy. It's going to make everyone else happy. Right? Like, do do the right thing. At least look into it. That's amazing advice. Hot, hot off the press. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I have, I've found too that zero things in life that are worth doing are... Uh, that are big changes in any way are going to be just incredibly easy. Like very, 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 very few are going to fall into that incredibly easy category. Uh, And I would say very close to zero, if not zero. And uh, anytime you're making big changes, there's always going to be somebody that disagrees. Mm -hmm. 
Definitely. Most of our episodes on Happen to Your Career often showcase stories of people that have identified and found and taken the steps to get to work that they are absolutely enamored with that matches their strengths and is really what they want in their lives. And if that's something that you're ready to begin taking steps towards, that is awesome. You can actually get on the phone with us and and our team, and we can have a conversation to find the very best way that we can help. It's super informal, and we try to understand what your goals are, where you want to go, and what specifically you need our help with. And then we figure out the very best type of help for you whatever that looks like, and sometimes even customize that type of help. And then we make it happen. It really easy way to schedule a conversation with our team is just go to schedule That's schedule and find a time that works best for you. We'll ask you a few questions uh, as well. And uh, then we'll get you on the phone to figure out how we can get you going to work that you really want to be doing that fits your strengths that you love and you're enamored with. Hey, can't wait to hear from you. I want you to meet Dara Brustein. She does, well, (laughs) a lot of things. I am multi-passionate and I do a lot of different things and it's tough to get out in a quote unquote elevator pitch. So what I told Scott was that I'm half entrepreneur and half writer and he scoffed a bit and said, oh, there's, <laughs> there's so much more than that. So it, it, frankly, it depends on the circumstances and the environment. Dara is a writer, an entrepreneur, the owner of a credit card processing company, the founder of a live events company called Network Under 40. But overall, she's someone who has devoted a lot of her time, her life, her talent to helping people form meaningful professional relationships. And that's exactly what I wanted to talk to her about on this episode. Take a listen later on as she gives very specific examples of how you can reach out to busy people who might be hard to contact. This is a great episode if you want to understand from their perspective how to be able to reach, get attention, and make a real actual connection. All that and plenty more next week right here on Happen to Your Career. Make sure that you don't miss it. And if you haven't already, click subscribe on your podcast player so that you can download this podcast in your sleep and you get it automatically. Even the bonus episodes every single week, sometimes multiple times a week. Until next week, adios. I'm out.